Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. And so this is actually the third part of the Lord's Prayer. We've really been dissecting this thing. We've really been looking at it uh, very methodically. And so I'm just going to very quickly, your handout, you should have a handout if you don't, or if you're online, you can go to our website and download that and follow along. But the paternity prayer is the first one. It's Father, uh, 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 it's our Father in Heaven. So this is really important because God is now identifying as not only this sovereign, mighty God, but now through Christ we have Given, been given the opportunity to call him father, or what Paul would call Abba Daddy, Abba Father. And so because now we're his sons and daughters. And so we, we have that. So it's a very personal, but it's very bold. He made it personal. The second one was the priority of prayer. We would establish that God's holy. How many know God's holy? Amen. But we establish that he's holy, and also we establish that we come to him in praise. We, he's, because he's worthy, we can worship him, we can honor him, we can praise him. And I said something uh, a couple weeks ago, I said that praise is the password to the throne room, to his presence. That when we praise, the Bible says that, it says, it says in, in Psalms chapter 100, it says, um, uh, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So this is the password. This is the thing that it will enter in and get his attention very well. So those were the priority. The plan is this, not my will, but your will. This is a hard one because often I found myself going to God with my mind of all of the things I needed rather than saying, God, I know that you need, I know that you know what I need already because you're all knowing. Now I'm going to be willing to say, God, not my will, but your will. You know what I need, and you know how I need it to be corrected or taken care of or established or whatever the case is. And so often we have to be careful that we don't put our plans above his. And so this is a daily prayer. This is a daily reminder, right, that we have to always, we have to always continue to do that. So we're surrendering to his ways, not my ways. Somebody say amen. Number four is the provision of prayer. This is that daily provision, receiving from God every day. We don't want to, we're not eating yesterday's manna. We need today word. We need a today time with God. We need every day with the Father. He intended that way. In fact, when Adam and Eve was born, they walked along with them face to face in the garden. The point was that he wanted relationship daily. He wanted to stroll with us, so to speak, in life. And so we need to do this daily. And so we remind ourselves and daily. When we hear daily, we get a daily feeding. That means that we get the kind of nutrients we need for the day. Right? Amen? All right, cool. All right, now, the, the fifth one, the last one we talked about last week, it, wasn't, it didn't always go over fantastic, um, but it's a really good one. It's the pardon of prayer. The pardon of prayer is the prayer of forgiveness. We know that forgiveness is so important. It is the, it is the, forgiveness is so important that if it weren't for forgiveness, we wouldn't have been forgiven. We wouldn't have received Jesus we wouldn't receive the, the boldness. Any of these things that we talked about, we wouldn't be able to do that without being forgiven, without being made right with the Father, right? Amen? Amen? 
Okay, and so as we're looking at this, we understand that forgiveness, but it's important that now we have a relationship with him, why would we want to muddy it up by continuing to hold on offenses and challenges? When God forgave us, when we weren't really worth or worthy of it, we didn't, we didn't deserve it, but he gave it to us, he says, I want you to model that idea and that thought with everything you do, and so I need you to continue to forgive so that we don't clog the relationship. We don't muddy it up, so to speak, so that we're always able to hear from God. Amen? And so it's important to see the forgiveness. So today we look at the last piece of this prayer. Now today I would say we're going to talk about, we're just, I'll just put it out there, we're going to talk about temptations. Now this is, if you don't know, this is an opportunity for growth. It's never fun to hear this, but it's always good because God's good and he has good things in store. And many of the times when God begins to re- reveal and remind us of these things, he's doing it to help protect us, not to just di- discipline us. Right? He's doing it because he loves us so much. For instance, I love my kids, but sometimes they have to be reguided, and I don't reguide them because I'm like, man, I like to be mean to them. It's because I want them to prosper. I want them to flourish. I want them to, to live a life free of bondages and challenges that this world offers. And so we, uh, so we begin to lead them. And so it's, it's in the same way that, we, that God does this for us. And so we're going to talk about temptations. Now, I, I believe this is the truth. If we fail to plan, then we are planning to fail. And as we think about temptation, if we fail to plan on how to overcome when we are tempted, then we are failing for sure. If we don't have a plan, it's not going to work. Now we've gotten, uh, as we grow, uh, when we first become a believer, we kind of walk in grace and mercy and, and God's will. But as we are maturing and we're growing deeper, we have some more responsibilities. Our muscles begin to get stronger and we're able to, hair, to, to handle more weight, right? And we want to do that. That's the purpose, that we have these muscles to build them up so we can continue to move forward. And in that same way, we need to plan to exercise in these things. So uh, I, I was going to say this. You, you may not run out of here like, Woo, yeah, I love that one. That made me feel good, Pastor. But I think it will make us feel good. Because the enemy, he is a punk. Can I just say that? He's a punk. He, he, he is in such a place that he will tempt us, and if we'll answer that temptation and we will walk into that, he will antagonize us. So if we can cut him off at the heels, if we can cut him off at the knees, and we can say, you know what, you may tempt me, but if I don't follow through, then you can't condemn me. You can't bring condemnation to me. And so then we can run around freer. And so then... Now, with that mindset, I can't run out of here after a message like this and say, Woo! I'm victorious. Amen? Because of that mindset. So we're going to walk in this because why we want to walk in victory. How many wants to walk in victory? Amen? How many know that God wants you to walk in victory? And so we want what God wants, and God wants what we want in this instance. Isn't that cool? That he partners with us in this way? Through Christ Jesus. Amen? And so the last portion of this prayer is probably one of the most important. I want to remind you this is a model prayer. It's not the exact words that we have to speak. It's not about tradition or or, or speaking. It's about the heart of what God was trying to reveal in this prayer. And it goes this way. The last part of this is, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us 
from the evil one. I want to call this the protection of prayer. The protection of prayer. I want to read for you the, in, uh, the New Living Translation. It says, And do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. This has to be a part of our daily prayer because we have to focus on winning over this truth. Jesus knew very well about temptation. Now, we can say, wow, that's weird because Jesus was God, but the Bible clearly says that Jesus was tempted in every way. That that there's no temptation that he doesn't understand or know. But yet he was able to overcome it, and so he's showing us, now he's modeling for us how we too can do what he did. Now, this can be mind-blowing, but this is exactly what God wants us to receive. He wants us to walk Christ-like. And he not only wants us to, he's empowered us and promised us that we can do it. But there's some steps that we need to take. There's some ideas that we need to concentrate on. And so part of our daily prayer time has to be focused on this. And so again, I say we have to plan to make it work. Listen, how many know, and and maybe this is a silly question, but how many know that we're all in a war of some sort? Now, I'm not talking about a physical war. I'm talking about that spiritual war that we all face. Have you lived life long enough to figure out that there's a battle between good and what what God wants you to do and what your flesh or your soul wants to do? Has anyone ever recognized this? I I was uh, uh, interested in that. And uh, there is a cool study in the video kind of a thing that I didn't get to play for you today, but, but it's called the marshmallow effect. And basically, it's the, 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 the small of it is it's these young children, um, you know, pure, sweet. I mean, you just talk, you, they, they interview them, and they're just adorable. But they set a marshmallow in front of them, and it's right on the front of the table. And they sit, and they say, now, don't touch this. Don't look, don't, don't, don't taste it, don't touch it. If you do, I've got an extra bonus for you at the end. And then they leave them in this room with this marshmallow sitting in front of them. Innocent, sweet, beautiful children. And suddenly that marshmallow becomes the most important thing in their life. And they're like, uh, uh, uh. And it's just a cool thing to watch. It's fun because some take it, some don't. Some do this, they kind of like, first of all, like, smell it, you know. And then they're like, turn away, like, no, no, no. And I, I... I'm like, oh, I, I, I understand that every time I see a bag of potato chips. Why are we talking about potato chips so much this week? <laughs> anyway, it's, anyway, it's here nor there. But the temptations are interesting. And so I, what I'm trying to get at is so I want to talk about some insights on how to win over the temptation. Is that okay? Now, it might seem practical. And some of you are saying, you know what? I've been a Christian so long. I'm not tempted by some of these, you know, what they call the Big Ten, you know, the issues. But how about gossip? How about unforgiveness how about the willingness to begin to put a face to someone that's speaking uh, poorly and you start getting angry at them and you start gossiping about them or whatever so there are some what we would say temptations that come in life beyond just the you know what we call the big 10 like i'm not murdering you know not sleeping around all those kind of things but those aren't the ones that i think often the enemy really gets the believer it's the other ones it's those little, what we would call small ones. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm just imperfect. So I'll just trip on this a little bit. And if we, it, it's true, and, we, and, and, and there's no condemnation in Christ, 
but we can still win over it. And so we should want to win over them. Correct? Because I want to be more like him. I want to be everything he's called me to be. I don't want the enemy to, to like, oh, you think you're all holy. And here you were just talking about so-and-so the other day. And, and that wasn't holy at all. And, and then you have this battle that's increased. And now you're afraid to go to the throne of the Father because now you're, the enemy is reminding you of guilt. I don't want that. We don't want that. We want to come boldly. And we can always come boldly. But the enemy will try to stifle. And so I want to win over temptations. How about you? Amen? Okay, so if we look at this, so this is the first one, and this is really uh, important that you, cr- you grasp and understand. Number one, the temptation, number one, temptation is common to all Christians. Oh, but not Pastor Sellers. Yes, all. I mean, I look at him like, there's no way. But I know, walking with him, that there are temptations. There are temptations to beat himself up. He is the most amazing man in the world. But you know he never thinks he can do enough for the, for the gospel? When we all look at him and say, man, I, I only could be half of what he can do, I'd be, I'd be really excited about how many people he led to the Lord and how many healings he's seen and all of those things. But you know, he's been tempted too. And, and the same goes for any one of us. That we can walk in these areas, but we are tempted to beat ourselves up. And God never wanted us to beat ourselves. We should, we should have a check in our spirit. We should watch and keep our eyes. Lord, you know, we pray a bold prayer. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. But we don't beat ourselves up. And so it's common to all. So can you just say temptation is common to me? Okay, so I want you to say that, but I want you not to claim it as so in your life, but understand that we need to realize it. Okay? I think this is so important because so many people, they get tempted and they're like, oh man, I'm not even a Christian. No, that's a lie of the enemy. That doesn't determine now. Now, if you're walking in that all of the time and you don't listen to the still small voice that says don't, 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 you may become calloused. Your heart might become hardened. You might fall away from following after the things of God, not hearing Him and seeing Him and all of those things. But it's, it's not a one-shot deal. It's a heart matter, and it's whether or not we'll do that. So it's common to all. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, let's get into Scripture. It says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. I love that. I could just stop right there. God's faithful. God's faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. So you can stand up underneath it. So you can stand in it. You can be strong during temptation. You can do it because God says we're all going to face it. We all have, and we will always do that. On this side of heaven, temptation's going to be there because the enemy is, the Bible says he's roaming around like a lion. Hey, can I just say something about that? Um, I, I like this. I, I heard this, and I, I thought this was awesome about the lion. Who's the lion in Scripture? Jesus. Jesus is the lion. It says a lion of the tribe of Judah. Okay. But this scripture here confuses people because they'll often say this, oh, he's like a lion. Do you notice it says the word like? It's a simile. It's like liking it too. He's a counterfeit of Christ. I want to remind you that he's a counterfeit of Christ. So yeah, he will roam around like a lion, but he is not the lion. God's more powerful and more mighty. That's a good reminder when you're talking about temptation. Like, oh, he's just roaming around. See, and he's just waiting to devour me. No, 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 no. He... He's a punk. Did I say that already? Can we remind us he's a punk? 
And he's a, he's, he's a counterfeiter. He, he tries to tell he's more powerful than he is. He's only like a lion. He's not the lion of the tribe of Judah. God is on the inside of you. Christ is in you. The lion of the tribe of Judah is in you. And you can overcome. And God will give you a way out. He promises it. And it's through the Holy Spirit to remind you, to reveal to you, to hope, to listen. So listen to the Holy Spirit. The number, the second thing is that temptation is not a sin, by the way. Temptation is not a sin. Yielding to it is. But being tempted is not sin. Man, I, so many times the enemy has lied to us. And we get a bad thought. And we're like, oh man, I'm, I'm just horrible. I'm not going to church now because I was thinking this and this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, what? No, this is what the enemy wants to derail. The temptation, if that were true, then Jesus would have been a sinner. Whoa. But the Bible says that when he was led into the wilderness to be tempted, yet he was... He, and, and then we said we read in in in, uh, uh, in Corinthians that he didn't he he didn't sub- submit to that or succumb to that. And so temptation in itself is not sin, but it's yielding to it. That might free somebody today. I believe that's going to free somebody today because somebody's been just been walking in bondage just by the thought of wrong. Listen, if you're in this world and you listen to anything in this world, you're going to be attempted to do some. You know, like if someone's, you know, getting in your face and you're like, woo, yeah, you know, I'm tempted. But it's not a sin. It's not actually until you connect. <laughs> Come on. So don't throw the punch, yo. Amen? Temptation is not the sin. It's yielding to it. And so don't feel guilty. Don't, don't, don't let the enemy lie to you. Let's just call it for what it is. Number three, God doesn't tempt us. I think this is an important one because this can be misunderstood. Now, I will say that God will test. He will, he will put us in a place where we get the opportunity to use the tools that he's given us. Why would he, why would he orchestrate? Why would he give us tools for the kingdom to use if he wouldn't give us the ability to use them? But he uses, he gives us the ability in a safe place to use them. It says you'll never, you won't, you, you won't go further than you can handle. He always will give you a way out. So I want you to understand that God's not tempting us. And I can, we can say this boldly because James says it in chapter one, verse three. He says, when tempted, not if, or if you by chance get tempted, or you know, maybe one of these days it says, when tempted, no one should say God's tempting me. I like when God's really plain. I'm pretty simple. I like it when he's simple. And he's very simple. He says, God's not te- it, God does not tempt. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. You're no exception. Amen? Sometimes we, the enemy will try to play, oh, but you, but yeah, but you. No, anyone. He cannot tempt anyone. Somebody say anyone, not anyone. God is our Heavenly Father. He's our loving Father. Let me say it this way. You know, as we, as we lead and as we grow uh, in our parenting skills, there are times in our life when we have to help our children. I've mentioned that already. And I help lead them, and sometimes I'll let them do, make some decisions, different things, to kind of help them strengthen their tools, kind of help find their way, especially as they get older. 
but we could even imagine when they're younger. When they're younger and they're first starting to walk, if I were to carry them all the time and never let them walk, learn to walk, they would never learn to walk. They would never develop those muscles, those skills, right? But I don't just say, hey, good luck, you know, take them out to the highway and say, hey, good luck. Right? It's, it's, it's under a certain kind of boundary. And, and, and to get to exercise. And this is what God says. That he will also, he, he's going to help us, he's going to lead us, but he's not, he's not going to try to do this. This is the other thing, uh, because of temptation. I'm never, I would never, you know, I, drugs are very bad. And I wouldn't try to show my kids that drugs were bad by giving them drugs to see what happened. I'd be arrested. (laughs) But I wouldn't be a good parent. Do you understand what I mean? And I know that's a a radical thought process, but this is how we sometimes look at God. Well, he's just going to throw it at, you know, whatever, and and good luck. That's not God. The enemy will take you further than you want to go. He will try to feed you these lies, but not God. But God will help us to exercise. So God doesn't tempt. He's a good God. Somebody say He's good. And so we need to understand that as we are doing this, that we that everything in our... God provides a way out. Everything in his, who He is, He promises, He provides a way out. Number four, as we're talking about this, is temptation is from the devil. I know that sounds simple because we just talked about that it's not from from God. It must be from somewhere else, and so let's just simply say it, temptation is from the devil. I want you to say this because sometimes I want to remind you that we look, when we look at temptation, when we look at someone and we're tempted, or we're tempted to give them our peace of mind, or whatever it is, and we look at that person and say, that person did that on purpose. That person is so, uh, uh. can you exchange, pull that face off and put the enemy there? So you can see that it's the enemy that's doing it and not that person. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And before we judge them, how many times have we hurt because we felt hurt? So we have to be careful and understand that as we are walking through this life that we're looking at this, but understand that the temptation is from the enemy. The enemy is the one that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's the devil, man. That punk. I keep liking to say that's fun. Anyway, focus. Understand that we're saying that the, that the enemy is the tempter. Satan wants to divide us. He wants to he wants to to damage our relationship with God. And his only avenue that he could do is persuade us that his way is better. He does this all the time. He try to persuade us that you know he's got the better way, but that's a lie. Temptation will never lead you to success. By the way, it always leads you further. The devil, look at it this way: whenever you're tempted, think about this. If it's the enemy, if it's from the devil, look in Scripture. It has ever been a place in Scripture where the devil had ever made a fair trade with anyone? They're like, oh, but this one time. If you find a one time in there, I'd be really shocked. The enemy, he might make it feel good for a moment, but man, it's it, it's a kicker in the in the behind later, and it leads to a very horrible thing. God, how on the, on the other side, will never leave you to fail, ever. He'll never leave you. He'll never lead you into failure. So if you find yourself in this place, you can say, "Listen, James one says every good and perfect gift 
comes from the Father above. In this life and this temptation, this is not good. It must not be from God. Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, this is proof that God leads, leads us to, to never fail. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to what? Prosper you. Praise God. That's a good word. Amen? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God. Temptation is from the devil. And number number five, if we're looking through this, so we got temptation of the devil. Number five, this insights to temptation. No temptation is irresistible. I'll say that again. No temptation is irresistible. None. Nana. Zilch. Negative. Even chocolate. None of it is irresistible. Now some of it can smell good. Some of it might even taste good for a moment. But it doesn't give a result that we want to give, we want to have. So it's, it's, it's never, it says, but deliver us, this is what, why I can know this is because Jesus says, deliver us from the evil one. In other words, if he's asking us to pray to be delivered from it, it must be deliverable full. I know that's not a word, but just go with me on that one. I usually have at least one, usually 14 of them, made up words. But understand what we're saying, that you can overcome every temptation. And the reason I know, even if I'm like feeling weak and I'm like, and I look at my circumstance and my past and say, but I didn't, I can still know without a shadow of a doubt that it is possible because God said, I can pray, deliver me. And he's not going to ask me to pray something that he's not going to equip me to do. God's not that kind of God. He's the other guy that does that kind of thing. So deliver us from evil. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. Somebody say God's faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so you can stand up underneath it. Look for God's escape plan in every situation. He's got one. He has one. I'm always, uh, I'm reminded, I'm a, you know, a product of the 80s. There were a couple things that I saw a lot in 80s movies. Quicksand, which I've never come in contact with. And two is the the escape hatch, you know, thing where you could just shoot out of the scar, uh, the car. How many? I, I don't know if you've seen those action movies, and they're like, "Oh no, it's going over the cliff," you know, and they shoot up in the air. I'm like, that would be fun. Anyway, I never had that, but God does provide that in temptations when we are tempted. And so understand, look for that, pull that thing, and uh, and know that God is there. He is the ejection sheet seat man. He'll give it to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I was thinking about temptations. I was thinking about different things. And I, I know that we could probably overcome temptations in the most simplest form. Um, how many I have, I used to have my grandma. She's an amazing lady. She's gone on to be with the Lord now. Mighty woman of God. Respected her dearly. Um, on, and, and, and it was interesting. I was always on my best behavior with her. Not because she was a hard person or she was mean. It's just she was so honoring and God, she loved so much that I just wanted to be loved. It was like, oh, she treated me such, with such love and care that I wanted to. 
And so it was really easy to not be tempted when I was with Grandma. I, sometimes I have to remind myself, yeah, you put someone in your place, someone that's going to help you. Maybe it's your pastor, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's whoever. But to think, to put yourself in a place, I mean, obviously we know that God is always present. But sometimes we got to put something personal and so in that way. And so uh, understand that we, we, we put this. So it's, it's avoidable. It can be avoidable. Sin can be avoidable. Temptation can be overcome. We just got to put our, we got to plan for it. We got to put a mindset for there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and 16. We're almost done. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. Profess, rather. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I want you to understand that this time of need is talking about when we're tempted. It's not just when you're in need of, when you're in lack. How about self, being able to control ourself kind of lack. And so we can understand that God promises everything we've, everything, somebody say everything. Everything you've ever been tempted with, anything that you've been tempted by, any time in your whole lifetime, Jesus already faced it and overcame it. And he says, guess what? I'm in you and you're in me. And what I can do, you can do. In fact, Jesus says himself, he says, even greater works will you do. We say, whoa, the pastor, come on now. It was Jesus' words, not mine. It can't be heresy if God said it. Amen? It must be something to grasp. It must be something that we can obtain. And so he says this, that we can overcome it. Say, I can overcome it. Amen. Okay, so here we go. This is the last part of our, our notes, and then we've got to be done. Winning over temptation. So I've talked about insights and temptation. It was like, you know, we, we all know how to get there. How do we win over it? So we're going to look at some of these. And so these are going to seem elementary, but sometimes the simple things are the easiest. And sometimes we forget about the simple things. And we need to go into the right things. So number one, it's very simply be devoted to the things of God. If we're devoted to God, if we're spending time with God, if we're reminding ourselves that we're in God and He's always with us, then we can say we can, we'll stay out of, we'll win over temptation. Just like I said about my grandmother. If I'm devoted and, and care, then I'm going to say, so Jesus lead us and guide us. So this goes back to what we said in, this, in the prayer. We'll go back to the prayer, right, it, about the tempting. He says, Don't lead, uh, lead us. And so this is what the daily thing is. I say, God, lead me. I'm going to devote myself to you daily so that you pr- help protect me, right? B- devote yourself. Do things that are godly. Participate in things that are godly. Don't participate in things that aren't godly. Sounds simple. But the enemy will try to muddy it up, right? And try to have us walk gray areas, gray areas until we fall off. Don't walk the gray area. Be devoted to the things of God. Then you don't have to trip. Now, sometimes I'm a little bit prone to tripping. So if I don't walk on the edge of the thing, I won't 
fall. I will have no chance. If I'm in the middle of this stage, there's no way for me to fall off the stage. But if I'm teeter-tottering on this, huh, I'll get a little top-heavy. Boom! There I go. Be devoted to God. God, be devoted to the things of God. James chapter uh, fourteen or one verse fourteen says, "But when you are tempted, uh, but each one is tempted when his own evil desire is dragged away and enticed." Do you see that? Then, after desire is conceived, it gives birth and sin, and it's full grown. It gives birth to death. We don't want to do that. We're going to be devoted. We're not going to walk on the line. We're going to be devoted to God. Number two, establish personal boundaries. Listen, personal boundaries are important. And sometimes a personal boundary could be an accountability partner, a person, a someone that could say, uh-uh, don't talk like that. I mean, we don't like it, but it's a good idea. Uh, uh, you know, and, and there's some other you know, practical things uh, that you can do too um, going through, but we need an established boundary. Again, I said, like I said at the beginning, Plan so you don't fail. And so if we establish the boundary, what am I what do I do in this case? What will I do in this case? If I'm looking and plan and pre planning, I I, I I like to be a defensive driver. And one of the things that, about being a defensive driver where it's important is I'm driving down the road and sometimes it looks like I'm not thinking about anything, but I might be thinking about something. Well, I'm a man, so sometimes I don't think about anything too. But let's just get that out there. But the truth of it is, when I'm driving down the road, often I'm thinking, what if, where would I do, what would I do, where would I go? If I'm driving down the road and the deer hit, and the deer jumps out, what am I going to do? Am I going to go here, or am I going to go here, am I going to stop, right? You begin to play, you play these things, it's a good idea. I've taught my, my kids, you drive around like everyone's out to get you, plan for it. Maybe we should say we should plan for life like the enemy's always trying to get you. Plan for that enemy attack. Not if you're going to be attacked. Plan he is going to attack. But greater is he that's in than it's into the world, right? And so we can plan for this. And so establish boundaries. Set up defense fences. Set up defense fences. Number three, live transparently. No secrets. What's in the light is not a secret. What's in the dark? The enemy likes to roam around in the dark. He likes to keep you there. And so if we live in the light, if we're keeping no secrets, Romans chapter 13, verse 13 says, let us behave decently in, as in the daytime. Right? You see that? All right, we keep looking at that. So make sure you're living Openly, come on, somebody say openly. I, I think it's it's so important because I know the enemy here. Yeah, but I, you know, I'm not just just you know I I gotta have my own freedoms and all of this. I'm not saying you surrender your freedoms, but just live transparently in your freedom. Be careful because the enemy is looking for an opportunity. Number four. This goes right along with this one, is to be committed to purity. Be committed to live pure, holy. God says, I'm holy, so be holy. Just live holy. Now, I'm not saying live perfect. Don't misunderstand. That if, you, if, if, 
I understand that we're going to face issues and challenges and all of those things, and sometimes we make a wrong decision, but we don't want to make that a habit. That's, that's an exception. That should be an exception in our life when that happens. Don't take that identity. Don't make a mess up and decide that's who I am from here on in. No. Shut that up, but say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, God, forgive me of that. I'm sorry. I'm committed to doing this the right way. I'm going to live pure. Live pure means to place yourself in places that are pure. To place your mind in a place that can be pure. To place your ears in a place that you're going to hear pure. Do you understand what I mean? So we got to place ourselves in the purity. A pure heart stays in communion with God. A heart that's not pure, the enemy will try to drag away. If we keep our hearts pure. Now listen, this is important. Keep your, your thoughts pure. Now, I'm not just talking about thoughts. I'm not talking about simple thoughts like we might think, again, like we're talking about the Big Ten. How about the, the, the unpure thought of self-doubt? How about the, un, how about the unpure thought of, of unbelief? We have to be careful. The Bible says that to not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Keep our mind pure. We do that by putting our mind in a place that stays pure. Now let's be realistic. We know we have to walk through life. We have to go to a job. We have to, we have to go to the store. We have to do all of these kind of things. And this is why it's so cool how God is more than enough in our life that even though we face these things, He can keep a super shield of the Holy Spirit around us to protect us. But guess what? If we don't keep ourselves constant in here tied to this, then the, our armor will get chinked. Not because our armor is can't, can't withstand, but it needs its requirement is that it's done daily. And so we, we, we keep our hearts pure. We keep our hearts clear, pure, pure thoughts. And, 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 and when you have a thought that's not pure, don't just say, oh man, I blew it. No, take that thought captive. God says you can take that thought captive. In other words, you can take that thought and just boot it right out of there. You know, one of the best things that I've done, I, I don't know about you, but as I've been praying, sometimes I've gotten so heavy laden that it's it's hard to pray. Has anyone ever felt that way before? If we're just being honest, okay, I'm the only one, okay, fine. When you're praying, you're like, I don't even know how to go. And one, there was a time particular in my life where that was the, the case. I would just, the thoughts and the, just the difficulty and what God showed me, revealed to me, I could I was like, I was kind of, uh, you know, that feeling, you know, you're about ready to just totally explode. And thankfully, in that explosion, I said, praise you, God. And then I began to, and that, I'm like, hallelujah, God, you are so good. And I began to just praise him. And you know what was cool? I, I was like, I wanted to go in prayer, but I never got to the prayer because by the time I got done praising, I forgot what I was going to pray about because God had removed that from my head. So sometimes we can take the thought captive no, let me say, we can always take that thought captive. How we do it can be in many different ways. But don't just, don't try to bear it. That's what a lot of Christians do. Oh man, I'm going to take this thought captive. I'm going to take this thought captive. I, you know, I'm going to take this thought captive. And God's saying, 
um, can you can you use the real password? Can you use my word, my truth? Can you magnify me? Because when you magnify me, everything else gets small. We keep our hearts pure. We keep our minds pure. We're committed to purity. Then temptations become small potatoes. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.